Alright, this is how we're going to do it. Welcome to the very first episode of my podcast. The title being Working Title because I don't, I don't want to limit myself. Um, this podcast is mostly going to be about strange or unusual things. I mean, that's my focus. So I'm mainly into stuff like Sasquatch and conspiracies and the paranormal, but I'm not opposed to doing interviews or, uh, you know, just talking about current events either. I don't want to limit myself on this. Um, so Sasquatch. <clears throat> Giving an introduction to Sasquatch is, uh, is kind of tough for me to do just because I've been looking into the subject for so long and, uh, it, it honestly, it's just you, you go down so many different tangents because there's so much unknown about this creature than there is known. So a lot of it ends up being speculation. Um, but we'll start with, uh, I guess, how it came to be. I think the first sighting was by a guy named David Thompson in the uh, latter part of the 19th century. Um, and that was near Alberta. Uh, I think it was just first some tracks, and, th and then they might have seen something. Um, <clears throat> Sasquatch really blew up after the famous Patterson-Gimlin film. And if you know anything about Sasquatch, you, you know about that film. It's filmed in Northern California. <clears throat> it's an extremely famous piece of footage. I mean, there's a lot of controversy about it, too. I mean, whether it was faked or, or not... Uh, a lot of um, people, uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum out of Idaho State uh, being one of them, have analyzed the footage and have concluded that the gate in which the supposed Sasquatch walks in is completely unlike a human's. Not only that, but, you know, scaling it um, in the modern area with uh with stuff in the background that they they've found that it is to scale what they would expect the creature to be <clears throat> um so what is sasquatch um that is the million dollar question uh we would love to just say it's you know an unknown primate living in the you know the secluded parts of the world but uh to tell you the truth, just so much weird stuff happens in the in the sightings that uh, it it seems almost um, academically dishonest to say that they're just a primate. Um, there's been thousands upon thousands of eyewitness accounts uh, just in the United States alone um, and Canada, of course, and I've listened to a lot of them, and and after. After quite a few of them, you, you start to really wonder, like, okay, how many people could be lying? How many people just saw a bear? I mean, they really get into detail when describing, uh, like, the facial features, the way it, the ways it moves, um, the way they felt, even. Um, usually they describe the face as it having sort of, a, like, a, a nose, kind of like a human's, but a little bit more flat eyes ranging color from yellow to i've heard red before which is you know a bit more terrifying uh sometimes they describe the head as rounded uh, a 
pretty consistent um, pretty consistent trait is they say that the teeth are like a human's except about four to five times larger. Uh, the fur is typically matted, ranges in anywhere from color from black to orangish brown to in some cases white. Um, they're generally six to nine feet tall. Uh, the extremely broad shoulders to the point in which you you can't even see where the neck meets the shoulders most of the time. Extremely long legs, long arms. Um, and something also kind of odd from a lot of the eyewitness accounts is that they say it can get down on all fours, but the way it gets down on all fours is like natural. People have been quoted saying that they've, uh, like they look like a transformer. Like they just go from from upright to to on all fours as if as if like it didn't even like cost them any effort and then they like move away like again another simile i heard was like a spider except terrifyingly fast so you know keep that in your repertoire for for possibilities um here in washington state we have probably the most sightings in the United States, but you would be surprised by the locations of uh, other sightings. Like, for example, East Texas gets a lot of them. Ohio gets a lot of them. Um, <clears throat> the Appalachians, um, up and down the Appalachians, gets a lot of sightings. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, what else? What about what else about this creature? Uh, there's a lot of sightings that have a lot of weird stuff go on besides just seeing a Bigfoot. Usually it has to do with orbs or weird lights people see. Um, a lot of sightings uh, are synonymous with trauma in the forest. Um, people, when they recount their stories, will sometimes tear up. Or, or they won't be able to... Uh, they'll stutter on their words. They won't be able to really... Um, talk about it and that's because uh, I guess I guess because their experience was so traumatic uh, they a lot of people say that after they saw the thing they, they didn't go back in the forest either ever again or, or for a very long time afterwards and never again by themselves you know uh, <clears throat> something that's odd about this trauma is uh I've heard this from a few people now. I was actually just talking to a guy uh, yesterday from Tri-Cities that saw one of these things. Uh, and they say that uh, they let out some sort of scream or they make eye contact with you. And there's like a paralyzing fear. And I mean that in the most literal sense. People are unable to move their, their muscles for a few seconds. They're they're just frozen. Sometimes they even have lapses in time. And, and they can't move. And these things will false charge them. You know, it'll charge and then, you know, not go all the way. And, you know, enough time passes and they'll finally be able to move again. And uh, then they never go in the forest again for good reason. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I uh, contacted this archaeologist 
uh, down in Sonora, California, who actually researches Sasquatch, which I was really, you know, every time you hear about someone in academia uh, researching these things, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't know that we were allowed to do that. So I, I messaged her, and I was like, uh, you know, how, how can I get involved in uh, <laughs> the community? And uh, she gave me a contact up here in Washington State uh, that I mentioned earlier. And I, I had just contacted him a couple weeks ago, and he finally got back to me uh, yesterday. And uh, he told me that, <laughs> you know, he works a lot, but ever since he had this experience with uh, what he says was a Sasquatch, he's been using all of his free time to try to research them. So, you know, I asked him, you know, what happened. I guess uh, he heard a rumor up near Colville about a location where these things hung out. And that was on the Colville Reservation uh, down towards the Columbia River. And I guess one of these things tried to charge him, and uh, he froze in fear, like I aforementioned. And uh, then he tried swimming to his boat. <laughs> So, I asked him what he thought Sasquatch were. Because uh, the working, generally accepted theory is that they're a flesh and blood creature that is, uh, you know, related to primates. And I do think that they are related to us in some way, because they do have facial features that resemble ours. And you don't get that stuff easily, you know? Uh you can you can see that by looking at a monkey. A monkey has the same sort of teeth as us. They've they've got you know fingers and toes and you know ligaments that resemble ours uh, to a point where it's almost undeniable that they're related. But he said to me that he thought they were hybrids of some sort. Now that fascinates me. He, he says that they can do things that we can't even imagine. So, it really makes you ask the question, um, are these things being covered up by some private organization or the government or a few organizations, and if so, why? And I think a, a good answer to that why could possibly be that... Well, whatever these creatures are hybrids of, you know, probably humans and something else, what is that something else? Because that something else could either tell us something about our own origins, or they could reveal something perhaps a bit more disturbing. Um, I've also heard the interdimensional theory before, you know, which is, it sounds really wacky at first, but uh, when you start looking at a lot of these cases, it starts to make a little bit more sense. Um, you know, if, if these things can, can leave tracks and then suddenly just disappear, you know, uh, are, are they going in and out of dimensions? Like, we don't know. Uh, when you get into quantum mechanics and quantum physics like that, it, it becomes so wacky, uh, you almost don't even want to touch it. Uh, which is, you know, um, most of you listening 
probably are not convinced that Sasquatch exists. Which, honestly, I get it. I mean, since since I can remember, everyone's kind of treated it like a joke. I've always been into Sasquatch and weird things because, I don't know, I've always liked the unknown. I, whenever I used to go to the library as a kid, I, I'd always get the books on the Loch Ness Monster or, like, the you know, the Sasquatch or Chupacabra, you know, anything that, that was just weird. Um, but then my dad started telling me stories. <laughs> uh, I remember the first one he told me was... Uh, when he, when he found footprints up on the Olympic Mountains, he said he was out hiking. Um, I might have him tell this story one day, but he was out hiking with some friends, and uh, it started to snow, and there was a bit of a storm. They kind of lost their way. So they decided to just use a compass and a map and kind of, you know, just follow the direction until they reach another trail. They ended up camping on this ridge that night, and... Uh, they're coming down the next day, and my dad sees this, you know, big snow patch, and there's these giant footprints in it, and they look like a man's. Now, my, my dad knows his tracks. He grew up in uh, Cusick, Washington, and, you know, just was very familiar with the outdoors. Uh, the thing that really got him about these tracks, though, was that the length in between each of the tracks was way too much to be a bear he, he tried to run and jump to meet meet the gate and he could not do it uh and nearby you know there was some brush that was torn away kind of like a little uh a little bit more than a deer trail you know and so everyone just kind of looked at each other and uh they were kind of quiet, <laughs> and they, uh, you know, they didn't they didn't feel too too good after that. But uh, another story I heard growing up was uh, from my dad. He he had a coworker who uh, told him a story of when he was a child in Aberdeen on some logging roads with his friend. They must have been about seven or eight years old, and they're walking along this logging road and. They see this thing on the side of the road, and, you know, it's not a bear. They, they can see that. But they try throwing rocks in its direction, and then apparently it just gets up and starts walking towards them. So those were, you know, that was my introduction into Sasquatch. That's when it became, you know, the wonder aspect of it kind of got heightened for me a little bit. I didn't really start looking into it until community college, believe it or not. It, it was always a joke. I always had it as a joke, you know, Sasquatch. You know, I love I love Sasquatch, you know. Uh, but I did this project on Sasquatch for, like, a Washington State history class. And I ended up looking into a lot of it. And uh, after looking up the work of uh, Professor Grover Krantz out of uh, Washington State, who passed away about a decade ago and... Uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum and a few others, I was like, oh shoot, this there is a little bit of validity to this. And uh, there's a lot more cases than I think. And then as the years went on, uh, more and more um, outlets for people to share their stories uh, came forward. Like, you know, podcasting is a big one. There were a whole bunch of Sasquatch podcasts that just kind of came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, people are telling their stories. Uh, 
I mean, it, it was kind of like, and I hate to say this, but it was kind of like the Me Too movement. Uh, it, you, you get one person to tell their story, and uh, it sends off a chain reaction because it's now more easily accessible for people to understand that they're not alone. So I think that's what's been happening in, in recent years especially. I mean, a lot of people are coming forward with their stories of weird stuff that's happening to them in the woods. Um, let's see here. I heard this other story up near Col up near the outdoor training camp near Colville. This is like through the grapevine. But apparently these two guys were hiking, camping, and... Uh, they wake up and they go outside of their tents and they see two of these like you know six foot tall pine trees just uprooted and flipped upside down which is apparently the way they mark their territory up there but um i digress i'm kind of scatterbrained right now so this is all just coming kind of random from the top of my head um a lot of skeptics say well if sasquatch exists why haven't we found a body? Which, you know, that's a good question. Why haven't we found a body? And there's a few counter-arguments to that. Um, a, we live in the Pacific Northwest. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, brush and a lot of precipitation. So it'll speed up the, um, the process of uh, deterioration and all that jazz. Also... Depending on the population size of this species, we cannot be too certain that there's a lot of them. You know, there, there could be a few thousand, there could be a couple hundred. We don't really know. And the, the chances of coming across, like, a bear skeleton in the woods are already quite low. It's not impossible. I mean, people, people come upon it, but it, it's very low. I think a more important uh, thing to think about here is, well, intelligence. Uh, based off of the eyewitness reports, the behavior of these creatures, uh, they, they're extremely intelligent, uh, to, on par with humans. Of course, not in the same way. Uh, I suspect that if they evolved naturally, they evolved in a, in a different route than we had. Uh, they evolved physically while we evolved mentally. Um, that's, you know, just a wild statement, but <clears throat> if they are as intelligent, even just, even a little less intelligent than us, I suspect that they, you know, very well could bury their dead. Um, a lot of Native American legends, uh, refer to them as wild people. Uh, they considered them a different tribe. Um, I mean, depending on each tribe's lore, uh, the Sasquatch takes on a different role, but usually it's a teacher or, you know, just a different tribe. Another common thing that skeptics talk about is, um, well, why is there no physical evidence? You know, why don't we have pictures? Or uh, why don't we have video? Or why don't we have hair samples? Or why don't we have scat samples? Or why don't we have, uh, you know, a body? <laughs> um, and to combat that, I would say... Any picture or video evidence is unable to prove that Sasquatch is real. That is a fact. Uh, to have real evidence, you need a body. Um, there have been hair, hair samples tested before, and uh, some, some of them come back 
a little bit human. And, uh, you know, they'll say, well, it was human contamination and uh, or it's a human hair. When in reality, it's it's more likely that Sasquatch is related to human. Um, as far as pictures go, there there have been pictures taken. But I think people really underestimate how difficult it is in some of these situations to get your phone out get to the camera and take a picture especially if we're talking about extremely quick and agile um basically apex predators uh you'll always hear why is bigfoot always blurry in the pictures it's because bigfoot is you know kind of fast not only is he fast but he's you know covered in black fur typically and black fur doesn't come out too well on a camera a common thing that comes up in a lot of these Sasquatch sightings is a foul smell. Like, uh, I talked to one lady. She said that it smelled like a mix of wet dog and, like, what was it? It was like wet dog, burning hair, and skunk cabbage. A mix between all of those. Um, the smell isn't in every sighting, but it is in enough of them to, you know... To be something and I you know I think I'll touch briefly on the footprint evidence um, there's been a number of casts uh, taken especially in this state of uh, supposed Sasquatch tracks um, down near the Blue Mountains in uh, southeastern Washington um, there's been some up near Colville and I don't know the location for every single other one but uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum is uh, the main guy that that analyzes those because he's a he's got a special he specializes in uh, bipedal locomotion, which is you know how upright people walk, uh, and he took a look at these casts down in the Blue Mountains, and he realized that they all had dermal ridges, which is incredibly difficult to fake. Now, the person that first uh, showed him these casts and these footprints, he, he wasn't certain if, if he was a hoaxer or not, so he decided to pay this guy a visit uh, without letting him know he was going to show up. So he shows up to this guy's house. I think his name is Paul Freeman. And uh, he, he shows up to Paul Freeman's house, and Paul Freeman's like, oh, wow, yeah, welcome. Actually, there's, there's some new, fresh footprints, like, today you want to come see him and he takes him out to you know the mud to show him uh, these fresh tracks and they go in and out and they go down the road and there's like hundreds of them you know and to fake something without knowing that someone's coming to check it out that that's pretty intense well not intense but you know what i mean <laughs> It's just unlikely that you would fake something for no reason uh, with, with no audience or, or, or no expected audience. So, uh, where do I go from here? This is also off the top of my head. I told myself that I would never do this podcast unless I just did it. That seems to be the case. Um, are Sasquatch dangerous? I think so. I think they could be. 
I, I think if you stay out of their territory, you're generally safe, but there's so little known about these creatures, relatively speaking, that we can't really say for certain if they're safe or not. So the most compelling evidence I've found for Sasquatch is, believe it or not, the, the eyewitness reports. If it were just like five people that came forward and said they saw this thing, I, I wouldn't think that much of it. But it's, it's literally thousands of people. And it's not just I saw something sort of stand up in the woods. It's I saw this thing get up, walk towards me, you know, scream at me, and then take off in an ungodly speed towards the woods, you know. So when there's thousands of reports just like that, it, you got to go back to Occam's Razor, which, you know, the most likely... Uh, the most likely answer probably is the answer. Either these people are all lying, there's thousands of liars, or there's thousands of people tripping out, uh, hallucinating, or these people are seeing something. And I think it's the latter. I think that there is a creature out there, there is something that these people are seeing, and uh, it is being covered up. I don't know how, I don't know why, but I suspect it's because these creatures are hybrids of something or related to something that uh, tells us more about our origins something that maybe humanity's not ready for yet uh, the guy I mentioned earlier the one that said he was charged by one of these things I asked him if uh, he could tell me where that happened and he said he would take me because it's only accessible by boat so sometime later this summer I will be actually heading up to this spot on the Colville Reservation to, uh, well, try to see a Sasquatch for myself and hopefully not die. Uh, wish me luck on that venture. Um, I will say, if you are looking for more information on Sasquatch, do not watch Finding Bigfoot. Do not watch those awful shows. They are terrible. If you're, if you're going to look for actual um, information on Sasquatch, um, check out the books from Dr. Jeff Meldrum or check out the podcast of the interviews with, uh, with a lot of people, mainly Sasquatch Chronicles or uh, there's a few other ones. But listen to the eyewitness accounts because they are compelling and they will get you asking questions and you're going to open up a rabbit hole you're kind of not ready for. I will be talking more about Sasquatch in future episodes. This is just an introduction. It's literally a scatterbrained kind of... Uh, um, it's the, the first episode is a scatterbrained mess of information laying around in my head about a beast that may or may not be real. So there you have it. Um, if you listened this far, well, thanks for listening. Um, Next episode will be about something different. Uh, I don't know when next episode will be out. I'm a terrible procrastinator. And, uh, well, maybe this first episode will give me some momentum. You guys have a good night.